You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. This is In the Studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for uh, clicking that play button and joining us here. And I hope that you are sharing this program with other people. Let uh, new listeners know that we're here each week with a new episode. Michael, are you doing okay today? Uh, I really am. I'm still recovering from a month in Israel, but uh, it's a good recovery. So um, I'm glad to be home. We had a wonderful trip. Uh, We had three groups back to back over a month's time. And uh, we really had a great time. Wonderful. Well, I want to acknowledge that since we pre-record this podcast, of course, we don't have the absolute latest information. But I'm just wondering if you've been following what's been happening in Asbury, what is called an outpouring. Uh, Have you been tracking with that? Yeah, I have. Um, And it's amazing um, all the different – I see it on Instagram – uh, I see it on YouTube. I see. Uh, 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 I, I watched a clip this morning uh, on YouTube about uh, what was happening there. And uh, as at, actually, I had applied to go to Asbury at one point. I wanted to study uh, with um, a, a couple of the professors there. Craig Keener was one of my heroes, and uh, hmm. um, Joel Green is another one. So Asbury has been a place that's been close to my heart for a long time. But uh, it it is it's amazing to see what's happening there again because Asbury has a whole history of uh, of these sorts of revivals, and it's it, I'm really looking forward to talking to Bob Baki, uh, who's just come back from there, yes. who can give us background really that few people can give us on uh, on the the history of the, re- the 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 revivals in Wilmore, Kentucky. Yeah, the amazing thing about Bob is that this is not just a uh, recent phenomenon with him. He's been studying this yeah. th- this theme of uh, awakening and revival, and not just studying it, but he's been a part. Right. Yes. And and so we're going to get that firsthand report from Bob coming up in just a few minutes as you stay with us now for our program this week. Uh, I do want to mention, too, that Henry Blackaby will be with us as well in a, a classic interview that we pulled from past programs. Uh, of course, Henry Blackaby, the author of Experiencing God, which leads me to point out that the Experiencing God Study Bible is our featured resource this month. So what a special edition of the CSB, Michael. And along along with the, the very fine uh, CSB translation, which we uh, promote here on this program, uh, we have this this pastor scholar, uh, hmm. one of the finest works devotionally uh, that's ever been written uh, about knowing God. Uh, it's just a wonderful combination. Yeah. You know, I have such great appreciation for Henry Blackaby, and now I've been following his sons, mm-hmm. Richard and Mel, who are pastors, and uh, to see them oh. see them pick up the, the, the message as well and carry it uh, in this generation has been wonderful to see. Oh, I didn't know about them. Wow. Yep, they're both. It makes sense. Yep, they're both excellent pastors. Imagine having Henry as your father, huh? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get started. We're going to hear from Dr. Bob Baki and get a report on uh, Asbury and the outpouring there. Uh, that will be happening here after Michael sings this song, Have Thine Own Way. Have thine own way, Lord. 
and I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Yes, have thine own way, Lord. Michael Card here. And Michael, let's talk with Dr. Bob Bakke. These are such exciting days on college campuses. And Bob is someone that we turn to often as we talk about prayer and revival. And he's with us now on the telephone, uh, driving through the Nashville area. Because as we have this conversation, Bob, just last night was a very special event. Talk to me about what's going on. Yeah, thanks, Wayne. Thanks, Michael, for having me on. Just love chatting with you guys at any time. But last night, um, we had the Collegiate Day of Prayer on the campus of, of Asbury University, and we, um, we, I produced the uh, Collegiate Day of Prayer broadcast from, uh, at, uh, from Hughes Auditorium, and it started at 7 o'clock in the Eastern Standard Time, but we went on air by 8. And then the meeting was over by after midnight. <laughs> the kids, <laughs> uh, the students, um, were just so full of God and just wanted to sing, sing their hearts out until wow. until they were forced to go wow. home. But uh, but you must know that something special has happened there the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, we want to talk about that. And Michael, I know you have questions for Bob, but let me just say one more thing, and that is for clarification. This collegiate night uh, that happened, and again, as we record, just happened last night for you, Bob. You had planned this months ago to take place in that very auditorium where all the happening has been going on at Asbury. But you planned it months beforehand. That's right. We did. Uh, we uh, the, the last couple of years, the last three years, for example, we were, uh, we were on the campus of Yale University and Dwight Chapel, and then during the pandemic, we came out of Regent University because CBN offered us all their their uh, studios uh, to do it during the the pandemic, and and uh, they had multiple locations on their campuses where people could gather safely. Uh, but we planned these things uh, well in advance, and so uh, middle of last year, we were planning to go to, to go to Asbury. And of course, Asbury has, and there's a reason for it. Not only was did the pandemic ruin an opportunity for us to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the 1970 Asbury revival that many of us who are boomers uh, would would remember. And my life was changed in the midst of that because out of that it was really one of the foundations of the 
of the Jesus movement of the 1970s. And, um, of course, uh, now the Irwin Brothers film is coming out. So God is, God is up to something here, We're telling these, these stories of revival and spiritual awakening. But Asbury has a rich history of, of revivals, and 1950 was another one. I think, uh, like, 1923 was something else. So there's been a series of them over the course of, of their history. And they have it rooted in in who they are as an institution. The the key for us, though, was that February 23rd, and of course last night was um, the evening of February 23rd, February 23rd, 1970, was when the revival broke out on the campus of of, uh, Asbury University in 1970. So we wanted to go back and, and dig those wells to go to celebrate that, uh, to know that this institution had a history of, of that, and also that it was the 200th anniversary of the uh, the Collegiate Day of Prayer. It was founded in 1823, went for about 100 years or so before it petered out, and then it's been reborn again in the last uh, 10 to, uh, about 10 years or so. And it's just sort of picking up steam now and and catching on. So we wanted to go to a place where such history, uh, you know, was rooted in the the broadcast, and from which we could tell these stories. And we had we had no idea. Although once once the Wilmore area uh, heard that the Collegiate Day of Prayer was coming to uh, Asbury. Uh, you know, last night, February 23rd, there there were all kinds of, you know, like the Francis Asbury Society and other other groups, churches, etc., uh, affiliated with the school or related to it. They they've been praying like crazy. They've been praying every day, um, prayer walking the the campus, etc., uh, for months. Uh, and so the, the fact that their prayers would be answered in such a way that you know, two weeks ago, in a, in a normal chapel with a guy, with a guy who who gave a a, a chapel message that was was um, just a normal chapel message, and he got off the platform and he told me he called his wife and, and said that he didn't he didn't think he had done a very good job that morning, <laughs> and yet ten or twelve students hung around. It turned into twenty students and two hundred students and. And then the place was full, and for and for two straight weeks, um, you know, three or four hundred hours straight, they've been, they were, um, you know, God's presence lingered on the on the campus like uh, like we haven't seen in a generation. So it's been it's been breathtaking. Sort of like the sinners in the ha- hands of an angry God. This relatively monotone uh, Jonathan Edwards reads from this you know script. And uh, and and then response. There's this huge uh, revival, right? Yeah, and and of course that was related to prayer meetings too. Because in in that story, uh, we we find out as well that there were that there were prayer meetings nearby, crying out to God for that God would pour out His Spirit uh, uh, upon them, upon their region. And uh, sure enough, he answered those prayers. So whenever you whenever you see some some of these sort of surprising works, and Edwards called it a surprising work, and you start digging at it, he says, 
start scratching at it a little bit, you find you find movements of prayer that have been going on and people crying out to God for such grace. Well, one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you specifically, Bob, is that you you really can give us insight that that uh, few other people can. I I did not know that people had been doing prayer walks around the Asbury campus before this revival broke out, and um, I mean, talk more about that. That that, that that's new. That's new information. Yeah, the you know the Asbury is a is a special little community, and it's a small community. Uh, in fact, so small, uh, maybe some of some of your listeners were watching um, social media over the past, over the weekend, last weekend, when uh, the the town actually had to close down their their roads. They they actually had to say. Wilmer is at capacity. There were there was sometimes somewhere between fifteen and twenty thousand people who had descended on Wilmer this past weekend in a school of you know what is about two thousand students, maybe it's eighteen hundred students or something, and and the the infrastructures of of Wilmer were just overwhelmed, and so it's a small it's a small place, um, and a small community, but a very very warm and tight knit community. And, and Asbury has affected uh, much of the community over over its history, and so there are retired professors, retired missionaries who have come back from the field. You know, they're Wesleyan in their background, and others who have had lived there in the past, former students. They, you know, they come back, and you know, you, you, there's a little coffee shop called Solomon's Porch. Uh, I think there are three restaurants in the town, uh, and maybe a stoplight or, or, or two. And um, every you know, in the morning at Solomon's Porch, uh, having uh, you know eggs and bacon and a good breakfast, there there are guys in their their eighties who are sitting there that have been around or or who have returned to the place. So there's a great deal of love for the for the area, and these mm-hmm. people pray for that school. These people. Um, there are women. There are fifty or sixty women. Um, I don't know if the, the name Dennis Kinlaw uh, rings a bell to you, but Dennis Kinlaw was the president of Asbury when the revival took place in 1970, and his daughter Beth leads a group of like fifty or sixty women um, who pray. I, I think it's every week, uh, and I think prayer walk once a month. It's something something of that nature. Around the campus wow. and around Wilmer, and they're just covering that place in prayer. So that community is one that loves that school and prays for it, and that's why these these seasons of refreshing, these these outpourings come on a periodic basis mm-hmm. to that place. Bob, that that's so amazing to hear those stories. Uh, just one last thing. Uh, Following such intense days, and they've been wonderful, um, mm-hmm. and realizing we can't manufacture what God does, it has to be uh, His work alone. H- how are you praying that this continues and 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 just keeps growing? How do, how do we pray? Well, um, you, you pray that it continues and and expands, and it is uh, uh, over the um, if you if you Google. As the Asbury Revival, um, 
Asbury isn't calling it a revival. They're, they're very being very careful. They're calling it an outpouring. And so history may may indeed may indeed uh, label it as a revival, but they're being quite humble about it. Um, but if you if you Google it, you can find a map that that shows that uh, that um, people have come from all over the world the last two weeks, all over the world, yeah. uh, as far away as Indonesia, um, throughout throughout large swaths of a- Africa and Europe and the UK. And uh, the Pacific Rim, um, Taiwan, um, uh, Australia, um, all, all throughout Europe, Latin America—they've gotten on planes because they've they've heard of the move of God there, and they've they've just gotten on planes and gone there. It, it's absolutely stunning, and now they're they've gone home, and I I think it has their the latest figures are that. That um, in the last two weeks, there have been groups of students from nearly 300 colleges who have come to uh, to Asbury because they've heard of the move of God on their campus. Uh, in fact, we were we were while we were there. I think it was Tuesday. There was a group from Biola. I, I don't remember how they got there, but you know, all the way from the West Coast, and they just. They just were so hungry for for such a thing, such a move of God. They have come, so but they have gone back, and they have gone back to the schools, and, and this this thing is sprouting up now on other campuses, on dozens of of other campuses. So it is growing, and part of the the um, part of the call to last night was in fact this call to mul- multiplication. Would you claim a campus? Would you pray for that campus? Every forty, all forty-three hundred campuses of America were covered last night, and claimed and and claimed by multiple parties uh, to pray for those campuses for such a work of God. Well, Bob, uh, I can remember my mentor William Lane talking about the revival in in the seventies, and that that like you said, really sparked the Jesus movement. Bill used to say that he felt like. God poured out His Spirit, and I think it's interesting that you say they they want to call this an outpouring. Uh, Bill would say that in response to the darkness of the '70s and the drug culture and all the other things that were happening, that God, in response, He pours out His Spirit, and we have events like this. Do you think that uh, it that may be part of part of this uh, uh, outpouring at Asbury that God is responding to how dark things are becoming in our country? Uh, yeah, I have absolutely no doubt of that. Um, in fact, last night, Dr. Tennant, who's the president of Asbury Seminary, and I were having dinner together, and he, he was saying the exact—he was saying the very thing. You know, he—he's he a product of the 1970s revival as well, and uh, both of us are Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary graduates, and so we were, you know, just re- reviewing things. But he's. He, 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 he almost quoted exactly what you just said, Michael, that the context, the social context, the the, the cultural strains, the evil that are in the air, air, God responded to that in answer to prayer. Bob, as you've been a part of this, um, first watching from a distance and then being very close to it in the, in Hughes, what what's going through your mind scripturally? As you, I mean, you've studied these themes for so many years yourself. What what's going through right. your head? Well, obviously, 
as as we've been talking, God answers prayer, um, and sometimes it takes a generation of prayer for such such works of grace to be manifest. So, um, you know, the prevailing prayer of of saints and the the power of united prayer when when two of you would agree is touching on something. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew eighteen. And uh, you, you agree as touching this thing, and, and ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. Essentially, um, that's that's the fruit of abiding in Christ, uh, John fifteen, as, as well. And so, some of these, all of these, are when you scratch them, are are answers to prayer, and. All, many, most of these are answers to prayers that have been prayed over long periods of time uh, in, a, in a prevailing sense, n- not giving up, wrestling with God, refusing to let him go until he, he blesses, them, blesses them. That's what the Puritans used to say of, a, of great prayer warriors. So our prayers are not are, are gathered by the Lord to be answered as the Lord would, would wish. Uh, not, not just wish, but design, and and we're a part of this. Um, so uh, pray and don't give up. That, that's the admonition of Christ. It's the admonition of Paul. It's the admonition of Jude. Of Jude. Um, don't get don't um, don't grow weary of well doing in this in this regard, and 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 do it with other people. Find people with whom you can agree with, and say well, we're going to we're going to pray for this campus. I'm going to pray for my son. I'm going to pray for my daughter. I'm going to pray for my my granddaughter, my grandson, and I'm not going to let them go. And uh, I'm going to go after God for them. So these are some of the lessons. Now we we could spend an hour just talking about the lessons that Asbury has demonstrated when when God does answer those prayers and how you do respond. Asbury University, Asbury students, um, the entire town of Wilmore, it, 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 it would be a book, it would be an encyclopedia on how you respond to such times as these, uh, because they were so gracious, they were so organized, they, they got the entire administration and the faculty and all the students, they mobilized them, they received tens, of, perhaps 100,000 guests from uh, over the last two weeks into this uh, small town uh, for the sake of, um, uh, and, and did it so well, you know, found their parking, you know, fed them uh, water, uh, greeting them as they, they were on long lines. Some of these lines were a half mile long, four hour lines to get in, get into some facility where they could pray and sing with people. And, and ministering to them, the prayer, coming alongside of, People whose lives were broken, who's, who who experienced physical healing, demonstrably uh, uh, supported and and manifest either physical healings and emotional healings. These kids are wrecked by loneliness and thoughts of suicide and and so so much. Uh, and, and to see this community respond and counsel and and pray over these kids and. Um, it it's really quite remarkable how how the body of Christ um, can pull itself together in moments like that. But I tell you what, and this is for all your listeners as well, Michael. 
these people are absolutely exhausted. <laughs> mm-hmm. they're, they're, uh, so when you pray for revival and spiritual awakening, know that it comes at great cost. It's a cost, though, that is well worth uh, paying. Well, you are such a good friend, Bob Bakke. Thank you for being with us to give us this firsthand account, and we'll see what the Lord continues to do in the days ahead. And we do join you in prayer for this uh, spread of this outpouring. That's uh, that's what we would like to see happen uh, as God's Spirit moves around the world, around the globe. So, Bob, thank you so much for doing this. Um, Michael, we, we led this segment with your song, Have Thine Own Way, and I think it's the perfect conclusion as well to this conversation with Dr. Bob Bakke. So, Bob, thank you, brother. We'll, we'll talk again, I, I'm sure, of that in the future. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Michael. Bless you both. Um, love what you do. Thanks, brother. I'm glad to be here. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Wounded and weary, help me, I pray. Power, oh power, surely is thine. Touch me and heal me, Savior divine. song from Michael that takes us to the halfway point in this podcast. Now, coming up in a few moments, we're going to be hearing a classic interview we did uh, years ago with Dr. Henry Blackaby, Experiencing God. And of course, our featured resource is the CSB Experiencing God Study Bible at csbible.com. We hope you'll stop by the Michael Carb Music Facebook page and interact with other listeners about what you are learning through this podcast, or you can reach us directly when you send your comments, song requests, or questions via email. Just write to us at inthestudio at michaelcard.com. Once again, inthestudio at michaelcard.com. And there's much more teaching and insights like what you've heard when you check out Michael's books and music. His latest is titled The Nazarene, 40 Devotions on the Lyrical Life of Jesus. Explore all that's waiting for you at michaelcard.com. Stay tuned now for that conversation with Henry Blackaby. It's next here in the studio with Michael Card. The CSB Experiencing God Bible is this month's featured resource designed to help you take intentional steps to know God personally. This edition is based on the beloved book Experiencing God by Dr. Henry Blackaby. Find revised and updated insights that will challenge you to respond to God's offer to know Him. Search for the CSB Experiencing God Bible at csbible.com. When you visit online, see how the years of ministry, teaching, and spiritual insights of Dr. Henry Blackaby have been carefully presented to be a guide in your walk with the Lord. 
Be sure to use the special 40% discount on your CSB purchase through Lifeway. Type CARD40 with no caps, no spaces, for your 40% discount with Lifeway. I hope you will act on this invitation to discover God in a personal and life-changing way. This study Bible will help you do just that. Search for CSB Experiencing God Bible now at csbible.com. going to go back into our file and hear an interview with Henry Blackaby here in just a moment. Mike, we haven't shared a listener comment on the program yet today. You have Bob's comment in front of you. Yeah, I've got a really good comment from uh, Bob. He says he says he, uh, he's loving the Walk with Jesus series. He says, I bless God for the way you hang on his every word. And I'm so grateful that the lyric of his life is the song hmm. your heart sings. The joy is contagious. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. I think Bob is, a, Bob is a writer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Thanks, and Bob. And if you have a comment for us, of course, yeah. you'll find us on Facebook, Michael Carb Music on Facebook. And also, you can email us anytime in the studio at michaelcard.com. We love hearing your comments. Tell us where you are in the world and what you enjoy specifically, as uh, listeners often do. So send us that email in the studio at michaelcard.com. Henry Blackaby, my goodness, what a blessing he's been to so many people all these years. Michael, of course, the author of Experiencing God. And let's go back in time now and hear these practical insights in Experiencing the Triune God. This was recorded uh, some years ago. We're going to go back in time and hear it now. But first, you're going to sing a song called Hope here in the studio with Michael Card. Hope has been woven throughout all creation An anchor that holds through the waves Hope is the helmet of each noble soldier For only the warrior who hopes can be brave Hope that you can see is really no hope at all And like children who see faces in the clouds we hopefully listen to the silence of life And find it it is shouting out loud Hope you in the Lord and renew your strength Soar you up on eagle's wings Tirelessly run the long race that's set before you Your life's a song the Father sings Though your life may seem to sound a dark and minor key, it will someday shift itself to major. And the lyric of your life will rhyme with nothing less than joy. And you will find that hope is from the one that you believe. Hope is an echo in the air all around us. It is the sound of heaven's symphony. And the hope that is Jesus will never disappoint us It tenderly tells us to hope is to believe Hope you in the Lord and renew your strength Soar you up on eagle's wings Tirelessly run the long race that's set before you Your life's a song the Father sings has been woven throughout all creation. 
I thought we'd start uh, by reading a text of Scripture found in 1 John chapter 2. Uh, Michael, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and read a few yes, verses please, here, please starting in uh, verse 24. Uh, it says, So you must remain faithful to what you've been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will continue to live in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship we enjoy the eternal life he promised us. I have written these things uh, to you because you need to be aware of those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you all things, and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So continue in what he has taught you, and continue to live in Christ. What we'd like to look at, Dr. Blackaby, is is a practical understanding of how uh, we apply uh, what we know. Uh, obviously, the Trinity is a mystery, and there are things that we can't put into words. But uh, help us to sort through uh, some of the confusion. I mean, there's, there's so much confusion on this topic, and uh, we need your help to uh, apply the Scriptures to our lives. Well, as I look at the Scriptures, uh, which is our only source for an understanding of the nature of God and the ways of God, nearly always all three persons of the Godhead are always present. For instance, in creation, the Father purposed it, And then Scripture says it was the Son of God who created. And in Genesis it says the Spirit of God brooded over the waters. And in salvation, all three persons are are involved. And so no matter where you go in the Scripture, like the passage we read, uh, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. And the anointing that Jesus promised that the Father would send his Holy Spirit So God has manifested himself in three persons, yet one God. But we relate to all three. God's purpose was to put his Son in us, and he placed his Holy Spirit in us, and he himself takes up residence within us. So we're always involved with all there is of God. He doesn't piecemeal himself. When one person of the Trinity is present, all three are present. Are there distinctions in how we relate to each member of the Trinity? Yeah, I've always, as I looked at the Scripture, uh, the Father is always the one who purposes. It's like God so loved the world, and God purposed creation. The purposes of God are always the activity of the Father. But he implements his purposes through his Son, whether it's creation or redemption. And then God has purposed that the Holy Spirit is the one who applies what the Father has purposed and what the Son has accomplished. Mm. So God is the one who planned and purposed our salvation. The Son of God is the one who implemented it for the Father. And it is the Holy Spirit who brings it into reality in our life and we are born again by the Spirit of the living God. So all three persons are always involved. I don't think I've ever heard it quite so clearly put, but the Spirit then empowers uh, what Christ has accomplished and what God desired or willed. Yeah, you can always see that when the Holy Spirit is doing something. It is always based on what the Father has purposed and what the Son has accomplished. Mm. How does, uh, how does one then relate to each member of the Trinity? How does a believer properly relate to each? Well, for instance, uh, if you were to say, Lord Jesus, how should I pray? He said, well, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So you relate to the Father as Jesus told us to. You talk to the to God the Father as the Father and the one who's purposing. But then he says you need to pray in Jesus' name. And so I say, Father, everything you've accomplished in Christ is the reason that I can come and talk to you. So I come in Jesus' name, that is, in all that Christ has accomplished to make it possible for me to come. And then the scripture says the Holy Spirit's the one who helps us to pray. And so I say, Holy Spirit, would you help me as I now pray? So the believer relates to all three persons, and I usually relate according to their assignment or how they've revealed themselves. And uh, Can but, you give an example of that? Well, when I pray, I say, Father, I've come to do your will, but I cannot come to you apart from what Jesus has provided for me. So I come with him. He is the intercessor. So, Father, I come with him, but you told me that you have given me your Holy Spirit. So I come to you with the Holy Spirit's enabling. Father, I thank you that all there is of you, all your fullness, is now present and active in my life. It sounds to me like the the, the focus in in your address is is directly to the Father. Uh-huh. We we not long ago talked to someone who, in their prayers, had had begun praying to each member of the Trinity, and I never quite understood that. Well, I I never relate to to, to one without relating to the other. Uh-huh. I'm always relating to all the fullness of God. And I think of uh, even in John uh, uh, 14, which is a strong uh, passage on the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but also he says, now if you obey what I command, Jesus said, then my Father will take up residence within you, and he will love you, and I will take up residence within you, and I will love you, and we will come and take permanent residence with you. Mm-hmm. And so... I just take the scriptures. Basically, I pray from the scriptures. Yes. So whatever scripture I'm involved in, uh, I'm looking at the truth of God, all the truth of God. So I pray from that scripture when I talk to God. Dr. Blackaby, verse 27 in 1 John chapter 2, once again it says, But you have received the Holy Spirit and lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you all things. And what he teaches you is true. It is not a lie. Um, I guess my question is, what is the place for teaching then if, if we have the Holy Spirit um, within us to teach us truth? Well, you remember Jesus also in John 14 says uh, that uh, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And in 16, he will teach you all things. And so he is our primary teacher. But the Holy Spirit also enables those who have been assigned to be teachers. Mm-hmm. And, I see. And, and Paul in, in Ephesians 4 says, God has assigned some who are pastor teachers. Now the Holy Spirit has to enable them to be that teacher. So when I listen to a person teaching, I'm also very alert to the Holy Spirit bearing witness in me that what he's teaching is true and he is the one who is teaching through them. 
Michael, we talk a lot about the body of Christ and living in community, biblical community. Mm-hmm. This is another picture of that, really. And and uh, according to what Dr. Blackaby has said, then it's the Holy Spirit that empowers that community and makes us one. Is that is yeah, that right? No question about that. Uh, and the Holy, for instance, it's interesting when in John 16 he says, "Now the Spirit of Truth, He'll guide you into all truth, but He'll never speak on His own initiative." But whatever he hears, that's what he speaks. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, who's he listening to? Well, the Father. And, and when, so when the Father teaches him, when the Father says, Holy Spirit, I've assigned you to make sure that Henry does not miss my will for his life. Mm-hmm. And so the moment the Holy Spirit knows what the Father is assigning for my life, he then is working in me to make sure that I know what the Father's will is for my life. Jesus said the same thing. He said, now, I never speak anything to you except what I heard from my Father. Mm. We keep referring back to these, uh, this passage between John 14 and uh, 15 and 16, this long walk that the disciples have to Gethsemane uh, after um, uh, the, Jesus washes the, the disciples' feet in 13. And it, it, in particular, I, I mean, it's touching to me that Jesus has on his heart and on his mind uh, this desire to clarify uh, what's going to happen by means of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he again and again, he returns to the Holy Spirit. He talks about unity. Uh, he talks about this person. When Jesus says, so that I may be in them, it's in the same breath that he's been talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, I mean, I just find that touching that his concern is so much that we understand uh, this parakletos that he's going to send, who's going to stand beside us and comfort us and be our advocate uh, before he goes to be with the Father. Yeah, and, and if you remember, again, my mind goes right across scriptures. And I think of First uh, Corinthians 12, he says, now no one can ever call Jesus Lord except by the Spirit. Hmm. So his assignment is to make sure that I understand and respond to Jesus as Lord. Now, why does why is that so important? Because that's what the Father has designed. Mm. The Father has given all authority and everything into his Son, and then the Father put his Son in me, but then the Holy Spirit is present to activate in me an understanding and relationship to Jesus Christ as Lord, so if I walk in harmony with the Holy Spirit, then I will walk in harmony with the Son as well. And Romans 8 is very strong uh, when it says those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And the Spirit of adoption helps us to cry, Abba, Father. And he bears witness. And he helps us to understand that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Now, you notice all three persons of the Godhead are noted there. Mm-hmm. And so the Father is the one who has his will for us. The Son of God is the one who has implemented that on the cross and the resurrection and now the intercession. And the Spirit of God makes certain that the living Christ who is within us is very real and very personal. And we walk in harmony with what the Holy Spirit is teaching and sharing and pointing out. Mm-hmm. Dr. Blackaby, your your understanding is so so clear and systematic and above all biblical. Uh, but but what about the mystery of it? Uh, where does that fit into uh, your understanding? Oh, everything about God is a total mystery. <laughs> I mean, God Himself cannot be uh, understood uh, as thoroughly as 
we want to. And then when it talks about Christ, it says the unsearchable riches of Christ, when it talks about his love. And to be filled with all the fullness of God is an incredible mystery. Mm -hmm. And then when you put it all together, uh, I'm so grateful we're talking about God and not man. Because God is God. And he is uh, knowable, um, but he leaves himself in total mystery so that we have to trust him. Mm -hmm. We have enough to trust him. And he said, if, if without faith, it is impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. Now, when we come to God, we need to believe that he is. That is, he is everything he's revealed, and that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mm -hmm. So as a pastor, when someone is confused, I say, oh, well, let me give you this scripture. You need to come to the scripture and let God make himself known in all of his fullness as he knows you're able to handle it. Mm -hmm. And remember, those who seek him with all their heart will come to find and know and experience him as they're capable of doing it. And you'll spend a lifetime, basically, we'll spend eternity, mm. and we still will never have plumbed the depth of the nature of God. There's so many great mysteries, including why he chose us, huh? Yeah, and I'm grateful for the mystery. Oh, amen. If uh, I could understand everything, I'd be in bad shape. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Blackaby is with us in the studio by way of telephone today here with Michael Card. I was just looking ahead in First John chapter 3, Dr. Blackaby, where he says, those who obey God's commandments live in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And as I read your books, and we've talk through the years, the, I hear you saying that our primary call is a call to obey, and I'd like for you to address that for a moment. Yeah, because he's God, and he never speaks except he has his will and his purpose in mind. And, and if you were to take passages like First, first uh, Corinthians 2.10, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, hasn't even entered into the heart of man. The things that God has, has, has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. So when the Spirit begins to guide us, he is leading us into an experience of all the fullness of God. And obedience is crucial. If I don't obey anything the Holy Spirit is telling me, I'm shutting myself off from all that God has prepared for those who love him. Michael, recently I was uh, on the Moody Broadcasting Program open line with Dr. Blackaby. I don't know if you recall Dr. Blackaby, but a caller uh, phoned in that night and admitted that he had been running from God yeah. uh, for a long time. And your, your simple statement back to him was, why would you run from the God who loves you so much? Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And why would I resist and grieve and quench the Holy Spirit of God, whose purpose is to bring me into the experience of all the fullness of God. Hmm. And then another statement uh, that I've read and interacted with you about that I'd like for our listeners to hear again is the, the profound statement that partial obedience is disobedience. Boy, that is true. And that's true all the way through the scriptures. Uh, King Saul kept saying, Samuel, but I have obeyed. And Samuel's reply was, I've just come from the presence of God. And God says, you've disobeyed. And some people feel one degree off is not really off, but one degree off is totally off. 
and partial obedience is total disobedience. But we want to turn to God and say, well, why don't you remember all my obedience? And he said, because it's your disobedience that's cutting you off. And when Saul suddenly was faced with that, he said, partial obedience has just lost him his kingdom. You know, that picture you gave us a moment ago, one degree off, think about that. You start in the center and you start out just that one degree in the wrong direction. Over time, you're in the... You're way out there, way way away from the core. Well, it points to the fact that it can only be accomplished by the grace of God. I mean, any human attempt, it's going to be one or more degrees off, I would think, and only God's grace is going to give us that uh, perfect obedience. Yeah, and that's why I think God, uh, the Lord says, you need to be perfect as your heavenly Father, mm-hmm. and heaven is perfect. And, of course, the human reasoning says, well, no one's perfect. Yeah, And I said, then... Uh, what else are you going to mark off your scripture? Hmm. You better listen to him. He's trying to tell you that all the provision that God could possibly give you to help you to live in that holy relationship to God is present, available, and active in your life. You've got to have a heart that wants to be as he is. Well, Dr. Blackaby, we have just a few seconds left, and we're going to ask Michael to sing an appropriate song here, a song that talks about uh, freedom for those who obey, his song, Joy in the Journey. But I'm wondering if you would close our time with a, a, a prayer here, a brief prayer. I would. Heavenly Father, what an incredible revelation. You have come to us and let us know that you love us from eternity, and you love us with a perfect love, and in spite of all of our sin. You yourself in love provided everything we need to have full and total fellowship with you. Help us to believe you. And when we come to you, obey you. For your heart wants us to experience everything that you've purposed from the very beginning. Guide those who listen to simply pray and release their life to you in all your fullness to help them in their relationship with you. And in Jesus' name we pray. There is a joy in the journey There's a light we can love on the way There is a wonder and wildness to life And freedom for those who obey And all those who seek it shall find it A pardon for all who believe Hope for the hopeless And sight for the blind with Him Who belong to eternity Stranded in time And weary of struggling with sin Forget not the hope that's before you 
And never stop counting the cost Remember the hopelessness when you were lost Cause there is a joy in the journey There's a light we can love on the way is a wonder and wildness to life and freedom for those who obey and freedom for those who obey If this hour has been used by the Lord to encourage you to become more intentional in living out your faith, we hope you'll let us know. There's several ways to do it. Post a review of this podcast, pass along the link to a friend, or email your reactions when you write in the studio at michaelcard.com. Look for the information about our guests on our podcast page at michaelcard.com. And stay current with Michael's ministry and interact with other listeners when you check out the Michael Card Music Facebook page. We're glad to point you to the wonderful resources from our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible when you visit csbible.com. This month, we're featuring the CSB Experiencing God Bible. Based on the insights of Dr. Henry Blackaby's teaching, this unique study Bible is designed to help you develop a personal connection with God. When you visit csbible.com, search for the CSB Experiencing God Bible. When you order, use the promotion code CARD40, typed with caps and no spaces, to receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases through LifeWay. Look for the CSB Experiencing God Bible at csbible.com. And join us again next week for another podcast session. Now for Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. We're all glad you've spent this time together with us in the studio with Michael Card. And before we go, we hope you'll enjoy this week's bonus track from Michael. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that Thou biddest me come to Thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Thank you.